Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharf Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Hey, hey, hey everybody. So, uh, welcome to... uh, Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Yes, in this continuing saga. The continuing saga of how to have a life and be a musician and be happy. Have a musical career. productive. Professional musicianship. Exactly. Stuff. Ism stuff. So but we do want to mention the site. Right. So the site. Um, M3artist. M3artist.com. .com. Artist singular. M3 stands for Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Here are those three M-M-M. M's. So uh, you can also get there by Mentoring for the Modern Musician. You can. It's a lot easier to modern type in. Co. It's a lot easier to type in M3artist. Sharfbrothers.com. It all goes there. <laughs> that works. Exactly. But I do like the short little M3artist.com. I, I, I love that. That's cool. I love that. So when we're, you know, we're trying to bring these, uh, these podcasts to you to you guys uh, where we were talking about you know how to do it uh one of the things that that i really wanted to to talk about and adam and i were had been discussing you know we know a lot of musicians right who you guys wouldn't know but are successful are wildly successful in all kinds of different amazing ways careers are have had their whole life be music uh and and not just i mean look we we have uh you know, we did just interview Matthew Koss from Not a Surf, and that's right. like everybody goes, "Oh my exactly. gosh, I read about him in Billboard," and 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 it's <laughs> right. amazing to hear what's going on with Matthew, and he's a great dude as well, right? Uh, but as well, no, he's a great dude. Period. And yeah, then I mean, new sentence. Period. New sentence. Right, exactly. He's an amazing dude. But 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 there are other right. Well, Nicky Jam's guitar player, right? Right. Who's Where, you know touring worldwide, playing, playing for twenty five thousand people, right. and you know, and yes, ten thousand people in Jerusalem, and, and yes. That is the goal. Absolutely. I want everybody listening to go do that. But Absolutely. on your way, there are other options. There's, and there's a lot. There's a lot to the music industry. Yeah. And and just because, you know, the structure is changing daily. Right. Doesn't mean that everything's disappearing. There's no, because, all kinds of cool ways. And the structure has always been changing. Exactly. And this is what's great. You're going to hear with exactly. our guest today who's on the show, Chris Huntington, who we've known, yeah. not kidding, since high school. He was the guy who taught me how to play the pentatonic scale. He was in my first two bands. It, just amazing, amazing cat. Maybe the only band I've ever been in without you, Adam. Yes, you're right. I think it was. That was the first band. I yep. was so jealous I wanted to be in the band. Oh that my God, so it was a but great was, band. I was too young. I couldn't be in the band. <laughs> I'm not cool enough. I'm not cool enough. <laughs> but eventually then I got to be in the band with you exactly. and Chris. Exactly. And, and, uh, and he's just a great dude. Yeah. Who great dude. has taken uh, a great dude, a great, phenomenal musician. Yes. Uh, and has really made it work. Yeah. In, right. In, in, a, in a tremendous uh, big time way. And so, so we're really excited to uh, to talk to him and, uh, and share with you all uh, what he's been up to. Exactly. So here he is, Chris Huntington. Mr. Chris Huntington. Adam. How are you, sir? Michael's here as well. Chris, Michael's here as well. Hey, hey, Michael. How you doing, brother? Good. How you guys doing? Man, it's good to hear your voice. Good to hear your voice. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. For the mentoring for the modern musician uh, crowd, I don't know, Chris, that you and I have talked to each other for over 20 years. I remember the last time I ran into you, we were in the Artisan Outlet area, and you were with your family, and... So it's it's good to catch up with you, even if it's only you know via phone. Yeah, so good. Definitely, definitely. We don't. Next time I'm up there, we we got to try to get together. We absolutely. Or absolutely. We do, We need to do that. Done. We deal. need to do that. Yeah. That's gonna happen. So no doubt. The, the the man who was in the first two bands I was ever in. That's right. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, we were all bandmates at one point. That's exactly yeah, we what I'm telling you. And I, I, I said this to you uh, on Facebook you know, maybe five or six years ago. Uh, that For your birthday, I said, happy birthday to the guy who taught me how to play the pentatonic scale. I had no idea it would be so useful. <laughs> <laughs> so That's right. You are, you are. I don't know where you are in your world, but you are a legend in our world. Oh, so absolutely. We're thrilled to have you with us today, man. Oh, that's beautiful. My... Uh, my pleasure, definitely. I, I have uh, fond memories of working with you guys too, back in the day. Awesome, <laughs> back in the day, uh, exactly. Yeah, so it's uh, so it's great. It's really great to talk to you. Adam and I've been going back and forth about some of the people that we wanted to talk to on this show about actual working musicians and who really do it and 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 make it happen for themselves, right? And not you know, and not just you know, we're not talking about people who are you know necessarily you know on the road like old school or you know who have you know big record contracts and huge, you know, but like real uh-huh. working musicians. Sure thing. And, 
And we had to talk to you because of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're doing it. <laughs> you know? I'm definitely working schlep. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but but for, for people who don't, who, who weren't in band, multiple bands with you, uh, what, <laughs> what, what would you, if someone's asking you, your, so where did you, where did you start? When did you start playing? What was your first instrument? Give us a little rundown of that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you guys both know my father, too, was a, yep. a music teacher. Both my parents were heavy into music. They met at music school, actually, uh, main conservatory. So I initially learned how to read music from my dad. I, I started studying trumpet with him. That was his main instrument, was right. trumpet. I started studying trumpet with him at a really young age, and I hated it. I hated trumpet. <laughs> 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 you know, I had a little ammo and stuff, but I did, like, learn the basics of reading music and stuff right. like that. And then I ended up learning guitar. Just uh, my dad at one point owned a music store, and when he went on a business, he, a bunch of the gear he couldn't sell got thrown in our garage. Wow. And in there was an amp, a, a couple of amps, and some guitars. And I ended up just like banging around on guitars for the fun of it, yeah. and ended up learning by ear because I liked it so much because it was so much fun. Definitely. And. You know, it wasn't what I was supposed to be learning, but I just ended up <laughs> progressing with that because I enjoyed making noise with the guitar. And, you know, like when I used to work with you guys around that time, uh, aside from the, the education we got with Mr. Pernington and, and at Portsmouth High School was actually right. a great education. Right, right, I learned yeah. a lot from him musically. But still, a lot of that, even the theory I learned with him was in the back of my mind for quite a few years, and I just played the guitar by ear. Like, when I was working with you guys, I was an ear player. Yeah. Right. And I just kind of, like, uh, everything I did was just from having fun with the guitar and getting a certain amount of dexterity from just messing around with it and then hearing things that I liked and trying to emulate that. So well, that's kind of where I began. I mean, a little bit of formal, but... Not right. really, I didn't really apply it until later. I got, yeah. I got into my 20s, I started studying on my own and studying at universities and stuff just because I realized once I got into the, the real world that yeah. if I was going to compete as a professional musician, I really needed to have a little bit of of um, knowledge behind me to do that. You know, Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, lo I love that uh, because it talks about how most of us came to it. We came to it because of the joy, mm -hmm. right? And, exactly. then it, and then that was just, that was our thing. But then, and but that, then but, it really is a job, you yeah. know. And if you're gonna, if you're going to do it and call yourself a professional musician, right. you should probably have some other skills, multiple skills, reading, yep. theory, There's no doubt about that, <laughs> being a good dude, you know, being able to carry yeah. on a conversation. Oh, my parents taught me a lot about that growing up because my dad was a professional musician most of my young years, right? And my mom used to always say, Chris. You know, it's great that you're in music and you love music, but make sure you have a backup plan. <laughs> <financially>. <laughs> Learn another trade or something. Right. right. <laughs> oh, that's great. Or, you know, I ended up like branching out in the music business. I definitely am a professional musician, and I also do other music-related things in the business to to make ends meet. Well, Absolutely. We, you know, you, well, we definitely wanted to talk to you about that too. I, you know, I've been, I've, you know, I've sort of followed what you're doing a little bit, and I, you know, and I've, I've you know, cruised all your social and, and, and looked at all the websites. And, and so I'd love to get into that. Um, sure you know, one of the things I got to say though, just off the top was one of the things that was enjoyable about, about doing that research and digging into, into your bands is it, it's so cool that you have this, you, you have this amazing gift for, uh, you, you just never hit a bad note when you're playing solos. You just don't. And, <laughs> And your tone, I'm telling you, I'm listening to you play, and the tone of your solos, I am right back in the living room of your house on Ellen Road. I, I like, I just, I, not on Ellen Road. You know, oh, that's interesting. It just is amazing. You, you just have this real gift for that, and I just wanted to, to, to give you kudos for that immediately. And, and part well, of it is, you, so you know, for our listeners, I, I want people to, to, for me, I always consider that, you know, Adam and I talk about superpower a lot. What's your superpower right, as a musician, right? right? And for me, that's always been a part of your superpower, that you just have this amazing ability to not hit a bad note and to get a great tone out of whatever guitar you're playing. Yeah. Now, I'm sure you work on it, too, and it, you know, superpowers can be improved and tweaked, but, right, right. but I just, you know, I had to put that out there up front just because it, it was always amazing to me. Yeah. Oh, great. Thank you so much. That's a great compliment cover for you, Michael. Yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't just guitar either. Anytime he picked up a bass, it was the same thing. I'm like, okay, how can the yeah, bass well, sounds better when Chris plays it? Well, I don't totally. get it. And and when you're singing too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where you're 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 and again, I, you know, I'm sure that we could do a study on you and put some probes on your head and figure it out and how much of it is how much of it is nature from your parents and how much of it is well, right. nurture from your environment and and but but I don't want to discount the hard work that goes into it as well. But but that is definitely a, a like Michael said, that's one of your superpowers is. Uh, an insanely good sense of uh, pitch uh, and and tone and taste. So, you know, I feel like um, I feel like a lot of just the fact that I started so young, you know, is a lot of it. It's just that I've been doing the guitar and singing and playing in bands and live and all that stuff for so many years. Yeah, that a lot of it just becomes second nature. Yeah, and don't think don't think that I don't hit bad notes. Trust me, I this <laughs> plans here and there. Hey, just hit it, hit it twice, then it's a jazz thing. So It's about knowing how to resolve that flat five. Right. Yes, exactly. exactly. Just don't stay there. You can pass through it. Just don't stay there. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, when, again, when we wanted to talk to you about this, we, we really wanted to talk, uh, get into this idea of the working musician. And so you, you just really, really uh, uh, gracefully... Uh, mentioned that you know you got to a place where you're like all right i'm gonna need to supplement what i'm doing from the music right. uh and how did you decide to i one of the things that we always talk about is when you need to supplement if you can do it with something else in the industry it's going to feel better most of the time and it's going to bring you more contacts and give you more uh you yeah, know exactly. more of a foundation yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can broaden what you're doing. If you do it properly, it can help you with your own personal projects, you know, the, the type of contacts you can make. And exactly. Also, you're still involved in, in the business, whether you're producing or engineering, you still have music around you. And, you know, you're not stuck in a cubicle somewhere. Right, exactly. Work or something. So, so how did that process happen for you? What, what, you know, what age were you at when you went? All right, so I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna branch out a little bit. I'm gonna, you know, what was the motivating factor there? Well, I, you know, I just kind of fell into it. I've always, uh, you know, even back in the day when I was in high school, uh, up there, I would try to get in with like studio stuff and try to yeah. be around studio mm-hmm. engineers and stuff like that. And I worked with a few guys up north there that kind of took me under their wing and helped me out and showed me some stuff that gave me confidence to move on. And then when I started branching out of the area and in different places, I had a little bit of a skill set and had enough confidence to, like, if I found myself, you know, I'm the type of person who likes to be busy. So when I find myself without gigs, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, there's got to be something I can do. And even if it's me calling a local studio and saying, hey, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, hey, you need somebody to make your coffee or spice your tape or whatever. I know how to do that. I'd love to come down and just hang out with you guys. You know, sometimes it just means hanging out with the right people and doing an internship or internship or or, or just just being there sometimes and, and things will snowball. You meet people somebody likes your work or your hard your your work ethic and it can lead to something else so a lot of it was just that you know it's just making connections sometimes you do stuff and it just it just doesn't end up working out or you know Christ I remember when I was a kid auditioning for bands and being thrown out of auditions saying you know you need to keep your guitar in tune or whatever you know? <laughs> 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 that just made me go back and work harder and try to be better. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, I love uh, that. But, it, yeah, that that's something that we talk about all the time, too, about, about uh, you know, you, you got to want to do the work. Right. And that, and that, yeah, it's got to be in your heart, I think. It's got to be in your heart. Yeah. You know, when I was teaching, I, I, I found, when I, when I taught for a little while, I, I, I found, unlike you, Adam, you're probably a great teacher, right? I know your personality, but I had no patience for it, dude. I was like the worst teacher in the world. <laughs> and I, but I tried teaching for a little while. But what I used to always tell my students is, because, you know, you try to teach them the scales and the notes on the guitar and all that stuff, beginning students. And I just used to tell them, I'm like, you should work on the stuff and you should totally do your homework. But at the same time, find something you enjoy doing on this instrument. I don't care if you're like, turning the distortion all the way up and letting it feed back in your amp and just making a bunch of crazy noises. <laughs> Find a way to enjoy this because if you're not enjoying it, you're not going to want to 
succeed in it. You're not going to have the drive to what to do what it takes because it's a, it's it's not an easy road. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at it as a hobby, it's one thing. It, that's fine. Sure. Too. Right. Right. But if you want to try to be a professional musician, I mean, you've got a lot of competition out there, and these days worldwide with the internet. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, you know you got to. It's a lot of work. No matter how you look at it, there's a certain amount of work. So if you if you can't fall back and hang out and jam with your jam or yeah. or you know just play your instrument and have fun with it, then I mean, to me, that's the one thing I always fall back on. I can always sit down and pick up a guitar and enjoy myself. You know, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's important to have some have that. Absolutely. Well, and then what it ha- what happens then is then the work you're doing doesn't feel so much like work. It's just it's what you'd be doing anyway. Yep. Yep. So, so if you're exactly. with, if you're with your instrument or with your band or making phone calls or doing emails and that's just sort of part of your routine, if that's what you do, then it's yep. not going to feel like such a big deal. Sort of acting yourself into good thinking. Yep. I, I always tell people like because I do a certain amount of management things too, and I always tell people so. Um, like my my band, the Crawdaddies, I do a lot of the logistics for. Right, I've fallen and fallen into the position where I do all the tour setup and stuff for the band, and uh, I always tell people, like a lot of a lot of my bandmates and stuff will be, I don't know how you do that. It's a crazy amount of work, and I could never do that. And I'm like, I do all that work for that 90 minute set on stage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. When, I'm play, when I'm making all those phone calls and the computer work and negotiating and doing travel plans and all that, all I'm thinking about is when I get to, you know, the West Coast, I'm going to have that 90 minute festival spot to play. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. So now Crawdaddies, this is this is that sort of Zydeco blues, uh, yep. Americana-ish uh, yep. It's such a cool. I mean, it's just really cool. So I hate to say Zydeco first because um, that sort of gives it the that Louisiana Zydeco feel. And and you guys are much from from my ears. You're you're much closer to um, sort of an Americana blues uh, yep. version of that. Yeah, we definitely have our own spin on it. We're yeah. not trying to. We've never tried to be like a traditional Zydeco band. We definitely have the influence from New Orleans for right. sure. Right, for sure. Um, but we never we, we've never really. Try to be like a traditional Cajun or a Zydeco band. Right. Some people hate that about us. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay, because I love yeah. that. I love that about what you're doing because it feels to me it's completely original. Yeah. It's it's um, it is very unique, but also uh, familiar uh, in terms of that of those uh, those uh, sound those those style influences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's kind of that was kind of our goal setting out was to be. Uh, true to like our own influences and and try to do something unique and original. We weren't trying to do something. We weren't trying to be another Buckwheat Zydeco. Or right, 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 right. Although you've played, you've you've supported them before, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. We, we worked with Buckwheat quite a few times when he when he was alive. Yeah. How, now, how we, long we have it, how long have you guys been together? Ninety five. I can uh, answer yeah, that yeah. for you. Since twenty years. Right, and yeah. and incorporated since ninety eight. Is that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Is yeah. that? So, um, just for just for listeners who might not understand the the advantage of incorporating a band like that, maybe just just hit on a few reasons why you guys decided to incorporate. Sure, sure. Um, at the time when we did that, we were going through a couple of pers- personnel changes, mm-hmm. and we found that there the core me and the accordion player is the the main guy in the band, actually. Who also is a really good piano player, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's incredible. He's an incredible player. Yeah. Um, and and the other uh, the other guy that was involved in the initial LLC, who actually isn't involved with us anymore, but he was he was there for a good long, probably like about 12 years or mm-hmm. 20-something. Um, he, uh, we decided to put the LLC together one because we knew that we had a direction we wanted to go in. We had determined where we wanted to take the band, the type of direction we wanted to take it in. Mm-hmm. And we we figured as long as we were all together on that and you know running the business that we could have different drummers, different bass right. players, you know, yeah. whatever it took to make the music happen. Absolutely. And then and then uh and then also, it became also it was a way for us to organize um, 
you know, like our books and everything would, yep. would run through the LLC. We have a, like, it makes you look a little bit more professional too, to have like mm-hmm. a Crawdaddy's bank account where everything runs through right. all the checks get made to a Crawdaddy's LLC. There's also a liability factor too, when you're doing live work right. that an LLC will cover also. So if you're, if you're doing an event and a speaker falls in somebody's head or something, you don't personally get sued. Right, 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 right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, they have to go through your company to get, you know, mm-hmm. yes. repercussions or whatever. So, I mean, there's a certain amount of, there's certain, uh, uh, there's certain value to having an LLC. Uh, but for us, initially it was mainly just because we were going through a, a couple personnel changes and we knew that we were the core of it, and if we stuck together, we'd be to, as long as we were binded, bound together by the LLC, that we were be to keep that thing rolling. So oh, I love that. I, I just love that because that's a it's a it is a uh, it's a great uh, most people who who do the LLC thing uh, don't don't do it for that reason and, and f- end up finding it as a tertiary uh, advantage. And I like that you <laughs> you went into it with okay, so. Here's the guys, and we're going to be bound together in this, and then we can uh-huh. we can bring in the, these other moving pieces uh, to support that. But it's gonna it's gonna be a you know an agreement between between the three of us that's that's gonna be strong. And knowing that we were going to be using the drummer bass players, kind of you know, and a lot of times we'll get a drummer bass player team, and they'll be with us for like five or six years mm-hmm. before we act, these days before we actually end up. It's not like we use somebody different on every gig or anything. Right, right, but, right. right. Knowing that we would be bringing different rhythm sections in, most likely moving forward, mm-hmm. um, we also found it was a little bit more fair that way too. Because then, as LLC members, we're taking on the uh, the cost of like the, the promotional stuff, the you know equipment, trailers, whatever right. stuff we need to carry with us. You know, we would pay the sound techs that we would need on shows. Mm-hmm. Any publicity, the making of the record. Typically, when we did when we did independent releases, we would the LLC would pay for that, and right. we would pay the added musicians to perform on the album as like subcontractors. Right. And to us, that made a lot more sense because you know they they one they they didn't necessarily have they didn't have a stake in what we're doing so much as far as like royalties or anything but right. at the same time they also weren't taking on the expenses of a project they might not be with 3 or 5 years down the road right so, right yeah. that's a so, that, yeah that's a that's a that's a great great point uh both yeah. from your position and from any any you know working musician that's looking to get into a band that might be uh where the members are settled and they know that their uh, that their position might be temporary, that you should look for those advantages. You know, right. don't you know if if you're not one of the you know one of those members of the of whether it's an LLC or a partnership or a or yeah. even an informal agreement, make sure that you're not going to incur any of the costs. But yeah. right, if you're not a part of it. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I, I like the way the the way you're talking about that because it really is sort of a great. Uh, win-win scenario for everyone, right? Yeah, like it's, it's good for you guys. It's good for uh, the the guys who aren't subcontractors, but maybe aren't permanent members of the band. It's just yep. nice to have all that stuff out front. Communication, you know, communication yep. is yep. always good. Yeah, I agree. And we thought it was a good. It, it seems to it's worked out well for us. I mean, we have a ride along with that that uh, that business formula for a while now so that business yeah. model for a while now and it's worked well for us that's great so now so because you do all of the uh, most of the booking and the business for um, Crawdaddy's is that how you um, do, do you do that through your own uh, impetus or do you have the is one of your uh, other jobs um, is it through another uh, company that you work for so when uh that's a little bit of a long story, but that's all right. We got time, man. This is it. This is what we want. We want the story. So when I first started with the Crawdaddies, we first we were just we were doing like a bunch of smaller venues, you know, clubs and stuff like mm-hmm. you do coming up. I guess like you did in our day coming up anyway. Yeah, I, I know, yes. right? Exactly. Anymore. But <laughs> um, there wasn't a lot of money in, in it coming up. So as we were building our brand and, our, and the name and stuff, the name recognition. So. Uh, I just said, us three guys that knew we knew were the core members. We just said, okay, 
let's just split up some responsibilities. We're the members of this. We're the ones that are mm-hmm. the long haul. I took on the booking pretty much for free in the beginning mm-hmm. and just said, I'll do this. I know how to do it. I'll do the best I can. And then um, the lead singer guy, uh, acoustic guitar player, washboard player guy, uh, did um, all the publicity. He was like a graphic artist also. Okay. Oh, nice. So he did like a lot of our promo and publicity and stuff like that. And then the accordion piano guy did what kind of took the role as music director. Gotcha. Uh, and did like a lot of rehearsal organizing, charting out any music that our bass player drummers might nice. need, that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, so we divvied everything up. So I started off as kind of like the the guy that was in charge of the booking anyway. But then when in probably like uh, 1999 or 2000, I saw an opportunity to bring the Cronetis into the college circuit through mm-hmm. NACA. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, I think we would work great in this. I think yeah. we should do it. Mm-hmm. What I want to do though, we, I, I want to start, I'm going to start my own company to represent the Cronetis at NACA. Perfect. If I pay, I'll, I'll pay for all the fees for NACA and everything with my company, and I'll represent the Cronetties. All I want is 15% off anything I book for the Cronetties yeah, that's... for this. And everybody thought that was a great idea. It is a great idea. It worked out really well for us, and it was the beginning of my company, Head On Entertainment, which I now own and book all kinds of stuff with and manage all kinds of that stuff. Was, that's Head On, right? Yep, Head On Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I... Um, and I all the Crawdaddy's bookings. Now now the Crawdaddy's, you know, have are have been and are signed with me as like exclusive management contract and everything I do for the Crawdaddy's goes through head on entertainment. Perfect. Right. Uh but yeah, started with just the college circuit. We did really well in the college circuit back in the oh, day. Oh, I, mean, I bet you guys did. We showcased regionally and ended up walking out of the first conference we showcased at with like $30,000 worth of shows. And Fantastic. And went from there to doing like two more regional ones, and we ended up doing the national one. Wow. And national conference done in yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. And then yeah, yeah. it ended up going really well for us. So that snowballed, and then it just, I guess everybody had enough confidence in me in the booking side of it that they were just, you know, my partners were like, you should just do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. well, you, yeah, you, you managed to get a, a NACA showcase and get you guys some some gigs that way. Yeah, I think that's a reason to have confidence in you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. And that snowballed into the festival circuit. We kind of ended up modeling the band into doing to being like a festival act. That so completely makes sense. Almost all of what we do these days is we don't do hardly any club work anymore. We do mostly festival, concert series, venues, and then we. Winter time, we fall back into like a small theater show every, you know, once a month or so. So we uh, most right. of our work is spring through fall these days. Most of our we're pretty much full time spring through fall with the Crawdaddies, and then we all have a little bit of downtime through the winter time as we we do spot gigs here and there through the winter time. Which totally so makes both, sense, but which yeah, means we've you... done that by choice. We're getting old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. We yeah, right, right. For like. For like theater and festival work, that's kind of bigger. Yeah, you know, more glorified type of work. But Absolutely, none of us want to be on the road doing small club stuff anymore. Yeah, no. So we're yeah. not trying to do that. No, that 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 totally makes sense. Now, I, I'm I'm looking. I, I saw here that there's also you've got uh, um, something called Near Dark Entertainment. Yep, Near Dark is uh company I met up with, some younger guys that have a company out of Atlantic City when I actually met them through the Crawdaddies when we were doing uh, the Dr. John Neville Brothers tour. Wow. Uh, back in the 2000-something, I'm going to guess, like 2010. Yeah, it's probably been like eight years ago now. Okay. 2009, something like that. We were on the East Coast leg of that tour. Oh, man, I'd love to hear that. any stories about that that you want to share. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, we played the House of Blues in Atlantic City, and I met one of the owners, well, now owners of Near Dark at the time. The dude was a stagehand, and he, okay. he saw our set. It's crazy. He worked it for the House of Blues on the Union Sound Crew staff, mm-hmm. and then he heard the Crawdaddies really liked the band. And like the next week, he moved into a position for booking for uh, Caesar's Casinos. In Atlantic City, nice. he called me. He's like, "Dude, I got this gig, and I thought you guys were great. I got a smaller house of blues. I want to do like residency with some roots bands." 
Anyway, oh. he hired us for that. <sighs> and then he's like, do you know any other good rich bands like you guys? If you do, let me know. And I'm like, hell yeah, I got a whole company called Head Entertainment set up around this style of music. And uh, so I started throwing those bands at him, and then he eventually left Caesars and started his own company near dark and took me with him. And, it, and as, he, as he grew and got bigger and bigger, he just kept me working with him. And we're now... I work as like a consultant for him, like an entertainment consultant. Yeah, and we we now work for, I think we're up to like fourteen casinos nationwide now. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic! That's amazing. It's been great. Those guys are super smart and they're really hard workers, and I enjoy work, enjoy working with them a lot. They're they're cool. They're fun to work with. Yeah, it could be yeah. a lot worse. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Definitely. Now, so do they do? Are they? Do they do all kinds of music, or is it mostly focused on the, the same type of stuff that you do? Or it's uh, actually we do very little roots as far as uh, the entertainment in the casinos goes. Yeah. We do some sometimes we have series some series that we do that style on, but not not as much as it's a lot of like cover music and top forty music, and we're sure. acting as consultants for the casino. So in those accounts, we're basically working with the individual casinos and just trying to fill in their needs study their market yeah and, fill, yeah. and working with their needs and and you know meeting with them just figuring out what's best for their demographic and and helping them along with that so well that's fantastic it really depends on the casino where it is and what type of demographic is in the casino yeah I, I gotta tell you what, one of the things I love about that and I'm sure Adam's gonna agree with me on this is that one of the things that we that we hammer home a lot is you know, you're going to get positions like the one you're just talking about by getting out there and being in the scene and oh, actually yeah, totally. being seen. I and, agree. Right. Well, and then and then you got to be a good person. Be a good person. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Be the kind yeah. of person someone would want to have coffee or dinner with and, 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 and work with and be talented and be better than everybody else and work right. hard and be in the scene. Then yeah. you have the opportunity to have these amazing jobs where people go, man... How did you get into what you're doing, man? I, what do you I'd mean you're a consultant? I'd for, love a job like that. <laughs> what do you mean you're a consultant for near dark and, entertainment? And you, I, go, what? you go, yeah, really? You want to do all the stuff I did? I don't think so. <laughs> right, you got to do all the other stuff too. It's definitely a lot of work. Yeah, and, and yeah, you got to be nice. There's no reason not to be nice. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and, and that's how you're happy, and that's how you sound happy, and that's how you have a good, joyous life doing something you like to do is is lead with that. You know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep, there's no reason. I mean, we were kind of brought up that way. Well, yeah. I it's, mean, we're, we're brought up in a really nice environment, so right. no reasons to be nice. Although, right. we, <laughs> although, although we did play with some some musicians who I would say don't fit that description. I agree. Yep, there there were definitely musicians <laughs> that uh, we have all encountered that. Uh, and I'm not sure that any of them at all are playing anymore. So well, there you go. Right. <laughs> right. No, but the long term yeah, guys. I mean, some people's talents don't fall there, though. Some people are great players, and they just don't have the personality for the right. for the other stuff. You right? Know? Yeah. But it matters if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, get the kind of gig that you're talking about to supplement what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, you, you definitely have to be good at public relations with the best <laughs> stuff I'm doing. Up here. <laughs> yeah, that's, it. that's perfect. <laughs> so no the, doubt about that. there's another thing that that uh, that I'm I'm really curious to hear a little bit more about is that you've got this project called Kicksville. Uh-huh. And I it I I started dig- digging into it and it just looks really cool. Could can you describe it a little bit? For I'll try, okay? Yeah. I'll, give him, I'll give it a good honest try. All right, thanks. It. <laughs> Cuz it, it's it, honestly, it's really esoteric but it look it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, Kicksville's a lot of fun. It's um uh a bass player Named Conrad St. Clair, who used to live in D.C. That's how I ended up hooking up with him. We used to gig together in the D.C. Baltimore area. Mm-hmm. And um, he started that project with Mike Stair as another uh, dude that used to live in D.C. Neither of them live anywhere near here anymore. Okay. But he um, he ended up moving to, Conrad ended up moving to the Midwest, and uh, Mike Stair moved to the West Coast. But they had started the Kicksville project before. Uh, I probably did it with them for probably a year or two, I would think, before they actually moved from this region. Okay. And we started as just like a fun, avant-garde, experimental kind of recording. It's when digital stuff was just becoming really popular. And right. Conrad right. is a 
extremely talented engineer, and he was all over that. And and he, you know, he would just be like, "Come on over and smoke a little dope and play some guitar." <laughs> <It's> <laughs> in my basement, I've got this cool rig, and I want to, I want to, I got this filter thing. I want to put your guitar through, and he just sounds like you know right. all that fun stuff. And we started doing it that way, and then when he moved to the Midwest, uh, he was playing bass with the Crawdaddies at the time. Actually, I had oh. the Crawdaddies, and. Um, I would, was flying him back for tours with the Crawdaddies for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then then that finally got to be a little exhausting for him. We ended up getting a, a, a local bass player on, on the Crawdaddies. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, I, I miss recording with you, man. you got to come out and record some new Kicksville stuff. So I would come out there in the Midwest, and he would bring Mike in from the West Coast, and we would <laughs> record some stuff. And... Uh, then it just started snowballing. And uh, at first, I was like, "We," I think I was the one who put the idea in his head. I was like, "You know, we should like put a pro- make this so that we can do it live. We should do like a live version of this. Yeah. And even if we just like do like spot shows here and there, it would be fun." And he started working. Like Conrad started working on that. When he works on something, he gets it done. That was <laughs> work. And uh, he ended up. Uh, getting some musicians and he lives in Madison, Wisconsin now in that area, okay. which is actually a really cool music scene over there Really, for a Midwest town. Yeah. It's Good to know. It's a very cool music scene. And he, uh, got some really cool musicians to work with out there. We ended up getting together with a singer from LA and, uh, one of his old buddies that used to live in New York city, a drummer from New York, uh, Lou, who's an awesome drummer. And we ended up finding the five, six, seven-piece team uh, that we thought would work well as, like, the core band for that. And anyway, so we all, we've been rolling rolling with it now for years, and we get together and record, uh, you know, probably once a year or so. We'll just do, we'll do, like, a, we'll all fly out, do a week together, and it's just, like, a long, a week of long sessions, really hard work. We'll, we'll all get together, we'll write. It's a very creative project. It's a lot of fun. We all get together bring ideas together, we'll get things started, and then we'll take a break, and Conrad will, you know, edit things together, and then we'll say, oh, we got to do this and that, and we'll get get back together and do, like, final tracking and put an album out. And it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of performance involved. uh, uh, Tone Deaf is one of the main lyric writers and poets that's very involved. Really? Yeah, and another part of it, too, is uh, Conrad is a descendant of John Beach Beecher was, was oh. uh, a sixties beat poet. Yeah. Yeah. And when he died, he passed on uh, a lot of his poetry to, and some of it was even spoken word on tape to, uh, wow. to Conrad. And so a lot of the Kicksville stuff, a lot of the lyrics, that's what it is. John's uh, poetry or even some of his spoken word is in the music. Oh, wow. So there's that common thread in a lot of the stuff too. And it's really cool because he was a, uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever checked out any of his poetry. It's, it was very political. And at the yeah. time he got in a lot of heat from some of the stuff he was writing politically it was going against the grain. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, it, a lot of it still applies to today, a lot of what he was saying back in the city. Yeah, unfortunately. Kind of, right. Yes, really. Yeah. <laughs> and is even more so now. So yeah. still pretty re- relevant, you know, lyrically. A lot of the stuff is pretty, pretty relevant. Some, some of it's political, some of it makes a statement. Some of it's just fun. Some yeah. getting together having could be fun. But it's oh. a fun project. It's, the music is avant-garde. It's a mixture of a whole bunch of different genres. Yeah, that was... Compared to, like, Frank Zappa a lot. I, yeah, I guess I I could see that. Although it's it feels a little bit more, um, a little less intentionally Zappa than Zappa was. If that yeah. makes sense. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right about that. But it sounds to me like you're trying it like more like you like you guys are are um, are a little bit. It's it's clear that there's more than one um, creative force at, at work, and yeah. that and that you guys um, are are come together on. A sound for each song. So while e- while you don't, while I wouldn't say that there's one style that pops through, it, it each song is cohesive in a way that makes it. Uh, it's avant garde, but it's not avant garde for avant garde's sake. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I just dug it. I thought it was really cool, 
and and, cool. and I like the whole web presence. Um, I don't know who did the web page, but that's pretty cool too. Um, yeah, Conrad's at the helm of almost everything. Kicksville. I mean, he everything passes through him or gets finalized by him or created by him. So he, he's he's a he's a big part of it. Well, he's a talented dude. Yeah, he is. He, he's he's a he's a great engineer. He's a great I was going to say, and you said he's the engineer, incredible bass player. But, oh, because the sound. You're uh, if he's the engineer, it's. Uh, uh, then I completely agree with you that he's incredibly talented because the sounds of these songs, uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like major label. Sounds phenomenal. like major label product. I mean, the son of a bitch is a killer bass player. It's incredible. <laughs> How good of a bass player he is. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. It's fun work. Everybody in the everybody in the in the crew is like super talented. So it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. To, so that's a lot of fun. And it's like it's just like. It's crazy when I fly up to Madison, it's just like a chance for me to turn my phone off and be like nothing but creative for a week or two. It's yeah. just like a really, it's like a musician camp almost. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A musician camp for, for, for an adult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So just, that's, a, that's a fun project. And we just released it. Oh, no, we just launched we just you there for a sec. What's that? You just, just dropped. You. you just dropped. Uh, oh, sorry. There okay, we, there we uh, go. Hoodie's got a wire. We just released that in October, and uh, we did. I think uh, season six, single season six was. Re- we finalized that in sixteen, if I'm not mistaken. So we we're constantly producing stuff with Kicksville too. That's another fun part about it. Oh, that's which that's, is fun. There's always something going on. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're doing that while you're. It sounds like you're basically the main writer for uh, Crawdaddies too. Is that? Am I yeah, right about pretty that? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have uh, the accordion player does some writing, and you know, we we have we've had a couple on the newest album. We just released an album in January, actually called Long Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, cool. It's a cool. We album. had a couple collaborations on there with some friends of ours, so there's a little bit of collab more collaborating going on that most recent nice. album than, than we have in the past. But I am I probably I would say I'm probably the main writer for the yeah. band at this point. And and lead singer now, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well me and I we do have a, we do have another guy who's considered lead singer also. Okay. Um, so but I, we definitely share duties. Nice. I, I, probably, I probably sing as much as he does. So Yeah. Well and whoever you got playing bass for you now too is also an, a pretty nice backup singer. Um, yep. That you've got some, I I really dig the 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 harmonies that that you guys uh, that you guys have going while you're cool. while you're while you're playing too. It's 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 very it's it's lush. It's nice. Yeah, I've always been a stickler on that. I like bands that sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> so do we. The more, so do we. The more man. vocals, the better. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I know it means more rehearsal. So what? Sounds better. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I agree. I agree totally. If you can sing, you should be singing. Absolutely. Yeah. Get that drummer on mic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he can ooh and ah while he's playing. <laughs> yep. Speaking of drummers, you get you guys have a a, a fairly new drummer. It it looks like yes. Uh, uh, Rod Gross. He's probably been with us for um, going on five years. Oh, now, he right? has. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great he's, drummer. He, woo, he came solid. off uh, a tour with Shemaker Copeland. He started working with us as soon as he wow came off that tour. That's great. Yeah, we're very happy to be working with him. He's he's a extraordinarily awesome drummer. Yeah. How did you entice especially him to move from New York? Especially in the genre that you're uh, doing. That we're doing. Yeah. yeah. He's like oh, yeah. a chilling blues drummer, which is right. a great background to have for Zydeco and yeah. what we're doing. Um, he uh, we actually didn't uh, coerce him to move to Maryland for this project. He we just lucked out. He he was living. In, he actually still has a place in New York. Okay, but he uh, his parents are from Maryland and lived in Maryland and were getting old and ill, and he wanted to be in Closer. Maryland to be with his parents. Yeah, that makes sense. To his parents in their later years. So yeah. he moved to Maryland on his own, right outside of DC. So he he was he grew up in DC, so he knows the area. Okay, oh, nice. And uh, he just did that to be with his parents, and so. You know, shortly after him moving to town, uh, I can't even remember how I made the connection, but I just heard that he was in town, and and uh, we we made the connection with him, and it just clicked. So we're like, "Hey, come on board!" Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean the 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 lineup that you have in the band right now is is uh, is just really solid. 
And I, yeah, we like know, it a lot. We like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I watched a bunch of videos too, and and you guys you interact well on stage, and and you know you're you're just as tight live as as recorded. I mean, it's it's not not surprising for me, given your you know right. who you are as a musician. But but I just want to give it give you the kudos for that because uh, oh, that, that doesn't always happen. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, Craig and I can pretty much finish finish each other's sentences at this point. <laughs> Musically, yeah, right. Well, it's been what like twenty two years that you guys <laughs> yeah, been together, exactly. right? It's been over twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> when the new when the new guy has been with you for five years, you know this <laughs> exactly. band has been together for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Well, and it's great. It's great to have a guy like Craig for the journey that where you where you do have that sort of musical shorthand and and you can finish each other's sentences and without even just eye contact is enough, right? Oh, totally. I mean, he's 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 the core of the band. Totally. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to do the Cardinals without him. It's just having a solid, like, awesome player like him in the band is one thing. Is just is just great. And then to have him. You know, commit early on and just say, "I'm here with you. Just you know, do what you need to do. Uh, I like the project. I like working with you, and I'm here to stick with you." And he has. He's, he's been there from the beginning. Oh, that's fantastic! That's he's, awesome. he's never faulted. He's always he's always gone right along with some of those crazy ideas I've had. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> well, which is great. But he's always there, and he he, he doesn't. He's a tremendous. He's like a class A player. It's incredible. oh, he's a yeah, he's an amazing player. I'm an amazing player. I've been working with him twenty something years, and I don't think I've ever heard him fuck up anything live. Oh my god, that's incredible! <laughs> that's, awesome. that's that is a testament right there. Yeah, he's one of the most consistent musicians I've ever worked with. That's phenomenal, brilliant. Yeah. So it's just a pleasure having somebody on that caliber to work, to work with and be a partner in the project. You know, well, and it's a and it's a testament also to you know to any young musicians that are that are listening to to know that you know when you when you do find that that partner. You know that musical partner that that you do whatever you can to to make sure you foster that relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's been times totally over the years that we've been ready to kill each other. Of course. Happened, so. Of course. <laughs> We're yeah. still alive. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> all relationships that are long term like that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to be in any kind of relationship for over 20 years without wanting to kill them at right. some point. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Just like any marriage, a band marriage takes work. So, <laughs> yep, exactly. That's no awesome. doubt, that's the hardest part is keeping all the personalities together. Honestly, absolutely, which is amazing. So we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna let you go, and thank you for taking this time with us. Oh man, and uh, and we're gonna keep you. We're gonna hold you to it. That when you're in this area again, or when we're down there, we got to get together. Absolutely, definitely, man. no doubt. It's no been doubt. it's been so great to catch up, man. You sound. You sound exactly like I thought you would sound. You're exa- You're the same guy. <laughs> same dude, man. It's a Three great years more on awesome. it. Same. He's a, he's a great hang in a band. He's a great hang when you when you're talking to him on the phone. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So Thanks but, guys, I'm honored to be a part of your your blog. Oh, well, really excited, man. And we'll we'll keep you we'll keep you in the loop and let you know what's going on. Great. Thanks. Keep it going, brother. Talk with you. All yeah. right, man. We'll talk to you later. Right. Bye bye. Man, it's so good to talk. <laughs> Uh, same dude. He's the same dude. He's the same guy. I kid you not, man. Sa- laughs the same. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and there was just, just. Uh, can I say this? I hate this expression, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Literally a treasure trove. Yes. Of, oh, I hate that expression too. I, I, but it works. I'm sorry you had to say that. Yeah, I hate it, but I had to because it really describes the information that yeah you, that we just got from from yeah. Chris about so being a professional. I musician. do want to mention his website. Uh, which is crawdaddies.com. Is that right? It is. Um, you can check that out and find out all the different stuff, uh, all the different projects he's doing. That'll link you into who, to Chris's world. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's just an, ama- an amazing guy to, to, to look at for examples of how to do things and that it's endlessly uh, you know, changing and uh, that, that, you know, you just... Keep your options open, man, and pay attention. Oh yeah, well, and you know? and you know, you know, talk about you know him talking about working hard. Yeah, and I love his his uh, you know his take on look. If it feels like it's like it's like you're not having fun, find something to do that is fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So it's to all about this pivot, 
to a yeah. different part of your career, right? F- that will keep you going. That'll yep. get you back to the part that exactly. you weren't having fun at. Because here's the right? thing: you got it. You know, you got to do the work anyway, right? Right. But you're not necessarily always going to be enjoying it. So find something you can always pivot to. Right. That brings you joy and and you lose time doing and you feel great doing and no exactly exactly so, so uh, the other the other website of his to check out is Kicksville uh, sounds just like it it's spelled just like it sounds Kicksville uh, it's just a, that's a really cool project yeah, that, that was that last one that he was talking cool about um, you know some of the other stuff you know we talk about this all the time if you you know if you if you need to supplement with a day gig. You yeah. know, that there are ways to do it in the industry. In the industry, man. And using talents that you already have. Exactly. You know, and so take on those those extra projects yeah. that you've got. Because you never know when that talent will lead to something else. You know, exactly Chris, right. you know, Chris talking about, you know, yeah, we were playing at this, you know, uh, you know, this hard rock. Right. And, and the guy that was doing the sound there, the union sound there really dug our band and a week later he got a job at this booking booking for, for casinos in, and in called me up and said hey i think you guys would be great come in and do this and then they forged this friendship and he was like hey i think you'd be great at helping me right do this at this other company right right so it's just another really great example of do i have to have a day job well you might yeah right does that mean that you have to be miserable doing your day job does it mean no. that you have to you know, you know. Look, maybe you like waiting tables, and that's cool because waiting right. tables makes great it makes money. Big and, bank, right? And if you feel good doing you know, that, but, but maybe you don't want to do that. You know, maybe right. you don't want to mow lawns. Maybe you don't want to, you know, work in an office. Maybe you do, but right. There are so open many, up. You know, open up your horizons yeah. to the different ways that you can. I think you meant eyes. I think you want you open up your eyes to, <laughs> to the, the horizons, different horizons. To the different horizons, right? Or if you can open up your horizons, right? If open that's up those horizons, man. I open, <laughs> open up your horizons, you know, or your horizons. Hey, you know, open man, up your maybe phones, I was, book. you know, maybe I was talking metaphorically about the internal horizons sure, that you man. open up. You know, I'm a yeah. songwriter. Okay, can, he's an artist, man. I, I'm an artist. I can talk that way. You know, you know how you know you're an artist? It's in the, it's in the website. <laughs> MVArtist.com. <laughs> so open up those horizons. <laughs> okay, open up your horizons. And maybe your eyes. <laughs> Remember, too. you got this. We got your back.